John chapter 8. And we would like to start with verse 21. So he said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself since he says, where I am going, you cannot come? He said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world and I am not of this world. I told you that I told you that you would die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. You may be seated. Having the right focus or having the right belief is very important. The Bible says, for as a man thinketh, so is he. Many times throughout the scripture, and you know, many times what I've said even here is that if you and I have the right view of God, based on the Word of God, then everything else flows out of that. So if you're not in your Word or in the Bible with a daily intake, if you're not around good, sound preaching, good, sound teaching, and again, uh, not only do you, should I suggest and encourage you to avail yourselves to Sunday school, to Wednesday nights, to Sunday morning worship, and to even these uh, Bible studies that we're doing in, in various homes, all that helps you become a well-rounded person. Because I, I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm under the belief that many of us, if not most of us, we're not spending as much time in the Bible as we should. That's indicative of how we live and how we act and how we do things. And because of that, that tells me that many of us are superficial, like I talked the other week. Many of us are content to be nominal in our faith, nominal in our Christianity, and nominal in our intake of the Word of God. If you really believe, and I know you could take this the wrong way, but I'm still going to say it. If you really believe that the daily bread is all that you need, then you're, being, you're a nominal person. That's a good start. That's a good appetizer. That's a good whatever snack. Thank you. But that is not enough for you to take to go, you need to go beyond that. It's good. It has a lot of good thoughts. has a lot of good things. But you need to reach beyond just the daily bread. If that's all you do, praise God. But I would encourage you to go further in your study. There are many avenues, many things that you could pick up either by uh, radio or, or by means of the Internet where there are some solid biblical Bible studies you could go through. You can go and buy different studies online from, from, from 
good, solid authors. And if you don't know who you need to be reading and, and, and listening to, come talk to me. I can suggest to you some things. Because all things that are out there on the Internet are not all equal. You know, if you go to some websites, they give you a generic sense of what they want. Because they're trying to appease and amass all various groups of people. But you want somebody that's going to give you the solid meat of the word. Amen? And uh, so in this section here, and then even we're going to follow up next week with the next 31 through uh, 38, it's all going to tell, tell us about how we are to have the right focus and have the right view of things. In verse uh, 22, we talked about a little bit last week about the self-righteousness that goes on that we're with these people. Because in verse 21, he says, I am going away, you will seek me, and you will die in your sins. They ask, the question is where I am going. Jesus says, where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews, those religious leaders, those people that were listening to all this, remember we talked about he was in the court of the women. Jesus was over here, they were over there, but they were listening to what was going on. They heard. We talked about it was a time, that at this time, the Feast of Tabernacles, they were, there was a big huge horn-shaped objects, probably eight to 12 of them, to which when they would come there, they would give their offering. And when you put your money in, you had a good sense of who was giving and who was not. Because if it was changed, if it was one little nickel rolling down that, that, that uh, funnel, oh, okay, pastor doesn't put in, I just heard one little clingling. Or like if you go to the store and you hear people with that money, the, the coin changer, you know, so they knew what was going on, but they were listening to Jesus, who was off to the side teaching some of the other Jews what was really the true message of God. You know how it is, parents, and even we're guilty of that, when you could be in a conversation over here, but somebody over there is talking, and you're trying to listen here, but you're really trying to listen over there. You know, have you ever done that? You know, I'm talking to... Tom, and we're talking, but over here is somebody else, and I'm listening to him, but this over here sounds pretty good, too, so, you know, or you got kids, you know, they they always got their ears open, so, you know, you're talking, and it's, it, it amazes me how I could be over here, and I'm saying, and you know that, no, that wasn't right, how did they hear what I said, but they're way over, this is what's happening here with these people, they, the religious leaders, were trying to do one thing, but yet they were listening to Jesus. And their self-righteousness was brought out in verse 20. They asked, the Jew said, will he kill himself? We talked about that. No, he's not going to kill himself. Since he says, where I am going, you cannot come. They were self-righteous in the sense of who they were. They were the religious elite. They thought and believed they knew the law. Well, we know all about the scriptures. We studied it. We know it all. And there are people like that today. Well, I study the Bible. I know the Bible. Well, if you study the Bible, and if you know the Bible, guess what? Your life ought to show it. You cannot tell the world that I am a believer. I study the word. I know the Bible. I read it. And there's nothing that happens to us or that shows a visible manifestation of what happens on the outside. Everything I know about Scripture is that if God has made a change in your and my life, we are therefore new people. The Bible says new creation. 2 Corinthians 5 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creation. New order. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things comes new. Now, the old timers didn't have it. They didn't have all the theology, but they did have this right. 
that when they came to Jesus, he gave me a new way of walking, a new way of talking, a new way of speaking, and a new way of living. If we're not living any different today than we did when we first came to Jesus, that's a problem. And that's where they were. They were stuck in their self-righteousness. They thought he was talking about actual suicide, and that's not what Jesus was talking about. Amen? Then their other, their other problem was not only their self-righteousness, but their worldly focus. He says to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. They were fixed on things down, they were worldly in their focus. You are, and Jesus marked it, you are from below. You are of the world. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. He pretty made it pretty much clear. They were focused on things down here. How many of us today live our life focused on the things of this world and not on the things that are above? Remember when Jesus talked to Nicodemus? What did he say? You must be what? Born again, which means born from above. A whole, a whole new way of thinking. We were talking in Sunday school this morning. Brother Michael brought up what he was talking about. Listen, most people think that when they die, they just what? Die. Death is death. In other words, I'm not standing. I'm not seeing. I'm not, I'm, I'm, there's no breath in my body. I'm just a dead corpse. Well, death for, for means a lot of things. Death also means that when we die, we spend eternity somewhere. We either spend eternity with God or we spend eternity with the devil. So you and I need to look at ourselves, and that's what he tells them. He says, and that's what he says. He tells them, you are from below. I am from what? Above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. And he says, and I told you that you would die in your sins. Not what they were doing. They would die in their sins of unbelief. They did not believe. You will die in your sins for unless you believe that I am he, you will die. If you don't believe that he is who he says he is, you will die in your sins. You have to believe. Right focus, right view, right belief. How do you get that? You get that by coming back to the word of God. Amen. Verse 24 focuses on. The unbelieving. They didn't believe. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. All that I've said about myself, that's who I have. Go all the way back to the very beginning ministry of Jesus. Everything that was said about him and everything that he said about himself, that's what he was doing. John said, wait a minute. Behold who? The Lamb of God who what? Takes away the sins of the world. John said, wait a minute, by the way, John the Baptist said, by the way, I'm not even worthy to untie his shoelaces, let alone to baptize him. And Jesus just simply said, suffer to be so. I have to, you're going to baptize me, not because of your any importance or any greatness, but because it's in the plan of God. So they were self-righteous, they were worldly in their view, and they were unbelieving. How many of us are unbelieving? Oh, no, Pastor, I really believe. 
Well, maybe we do, and sometimes maybe we don't. Because if we really believe that he says, I am, self-existent, ego in me, I am, self-existent, there's nothing, present tense, Jesus has always been. There has never been a time that Jesus has not ever been. Before he said, let there be Jesus and God the Father, God the Son, God, they were already here. I know we can't fathom that, but before there was time, God has always been. There is no beginning of God. What's it? In the beginning, God was created, but in the beginning, God created. He's always been. And he says, I am, I am. We're going to talk about that through this whole book. John points out that he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the living water. I am the bread of life. He, that is who Jesus is. Whatever it is you need him to be, that's who he can be for you. You lonely? Jesus can be your best friend. You're tired? Jesus can give you the strength you need. You feel everybody is your enemy? Jesus can come alongside you and say, hey, I can make your enemies your footstool. Whatever, you're hungry, you're whatever, whatever it is we need, that's who Jesus can be for us. We just have to make ourselves available to him. He's always there. But sometimes our unbelief closes us out to the blessings of God. We say we believe. If we believe like we think we believe and say we believe, we would be more on fire for God. We, we would be so hot that the churches of, of Wilmington and around would be packed full of people because when we're out on our jobs, when we're out at our universities, when we're out at our places of employment, we're in our neighborhood, people would see the change in us and say, what is it that these people have? That amidst all the stuff that's going on in their life, they have a joy, they have a zest for life. Instead, they probably say the opposite about us. Man, that's what being a Christian really is about. Man, I do better with my own friends. Let me tell you something. They may be wrong in what they do and what they say and how they do it, but for most people who go to the bar or the club or the park, they enjoy what they do. They're excited. The music is playing. They're all doing their thing. They may be smoking a cigarette. They may have their drink, but they're having a good time. They're enjoying it. Some of us came out of that. When you were out there, maybe still there, I don't know. But when you were out there, did, did you have fun? Now, don't sit here and be self-righteous. No, I never. No, I, no Pastor, I, I, I didn't enjoy myself when I was out there. I, I was a saint. Well, no, you weren't. You were a sinner at that time. You didn't know anything about Jesus. And for some of us who didn't have any of that experience, but when the people in the world enjoy what they do, how many of us enjoy the things of God? Huh? Did you wake up this morning with excitement that you were coming to his house? Or did you just say, oh, it's Sunday. Yep, Sunday. Check. Or did you say, you know what? As the psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go. Let us run. Let us be excited about coming into the house of God. I mean, I get to hear some music. I get to hear Sister Tammy. I get to hear, I mean, we, I get to see the people of God. I get to fellowship. I mean, I'm excited to come. 
we're more excited about the final four and the, 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 the 32 and the 16 and the, the elite eight and the final four and then all the championship in these next couple of weeks than we are about the things of God. The world will pack out stadiums, 30, 40, 50,000 folks to watch a basketball game. We can't give 50 people, 55 people to come to the house of God. Unless I say we're giving away $100 to everybody that comes. If I say that, you will be here, your friends will be here, and people who we don't even know will be here. They ain't coming because they want to hear me. He's giving $100. $100 if I just, I'm coming. You not realize the Lord died for you? He rose for you. All that he did for you and I, ain't about a $100 bill. We ought to be wanting to come because of what he's already done for us. If it had not been for the Lord being on my side, exactly where would I be? I don't think we think about that sometimes. Where would your life be? Maybe it'd be, maybe it'd be the same, maybe it'd be whatever. But where would your life be without the Lord on your and my side? I think about this sometimes. We came here in 1964 from Germany. Two years, my dad was in the military. We grew up, we traveled different places. But we came to a place called Wilmington. Didn't even know what Wilmington was. From New York. We lived in, my brother and I was born in, in Jamaica, Long Island, New York. My sister was born in Germany. And for some divine reason, God allowed my dad to be stationed out here at the time, it was the Nike base out on 730. It used to be an Army base. Over here was the U.S. Air Force base. It was now DHL, Airborne, all that. But we were over here. Came into Wilmington. Didn't even know anything about Wilmington. But sometimes I think about God has a plan. Where would my life be? It could be entire, it may. I may have come to Christ. I may have accepted Christ. But where would my life be if I had not come to Wilmington? For it's in Wilmington, Ohio, that I came to know Christ. It's in Wilmington, Ohio, that I was called into the ministry. It's in Wilmington, Ohio, right now, that I'm here. But all that could have been entirely different if I had grown up, Sister Tammy, in another place, in another situation. Maybe I didn't grow up in a place called College Hills, Marlena Drive. Maybe I grew up in an inner city somewhere. There was all kind of stuff going on. My life could have been entirely different. But God in his divine providence placed us here, placed you here for a reason. You have to have the right focus. They were worldly. They were self-righteous. They were worldly. And they were, I believe that Jesus has you here for a reason. And it's not just to sit and, and, and just, yeah, no. You got talents. You got gifts. There's things that you can contribute to the body and that's what he wants to do. But they had the wrong focus. They had the wrong belief because they were asking all the wrong questions. Who are you? Who is he? He's the son of God. He's been saying that all along. People were saying that all the miracles he did, all the things that he did, spoke about who he was. And they still missed it. Amen? They missed it. How many of us miss it? Somebody said, you don't miss your water till your well runs dry. People say, what does that mean? When you don't have the ability 
to get water when you want water, you realize how much water is important to you. My young people don't miss electricity until there is no electricity. Turn on TV. Can't turn on TV. Why? There's no electricity. Well, can we play can we play some games on the on the on TV or not? Nope. Nothing works. Now you can have your 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 phone charged up, your little device charged up, but sooner or later, if it runs out of energy and power before the electrical comes on, it's gonna die. Then what? I, I get tickled when people, you know, we're so used to flipping when, the, when there's a, a power shortage. Have you ever God, we ain't got no electricity's off. If it lasts for a couple of days, like we had that winter storm a few years ago, people will start worrying about their refrigerator. Okay, this is now day three. Stuff, I mean, it only stays cold for so long. And people are like, well, what am I going to do with all my food? People, uh, hey, you don't miss that till you don't have it. You don't miss the ability. I can remember, you know, as long as there's money in the ATM, in the bank, and you got that card? That's great. My kids used to say, well, Daddy, just go to the, go to the machine. I had to tell them, you can only go to the machine if there's something in, in the bank. I'll put the card in, and it's going to spit the card right back out because it's going to say, you have nothing in your account. How many times do we do that with God? They were self-righteous. They were worldly. They were unbelieving. And last but not least, 25 through 31, they were willfully ignorant. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said, oh, I've just told you. What I've been telling you from the beginning, that's who I am. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. They missed the whole thing. They did not, what does it say? They did not what? Understand. So Jesus said to them, by the way, let me let you know something. When I am lifted up, they missed the whole, they were willfully ignorant. People today are willfully ignorant. There is no excuse for not knowing the things of God. If you're in here, if you're at this church and you are listening to anything, you are and don't understand who God is, where God is, the gospel, that is on you because we have put an emphasis on speaking about the truth of the word of God, who Christ is, what is the gospel message, what is it we're supposed to take in and not be sponges, but take in and go back out and be wrung out by God to share to our dying world the message of Jesus Christ. What is the message? His life, his death, his burial, and above all, his resurrection. The only reason, and we learned it today, the only reason why we're here, because he got up, we also will what? Get up! It's not about you and me. It's about Jesus. He came for two reasons, and two reasons only. He came into this world, number one, because he loved us so much. But beyond his love for us, was he came to die for us. Amen? He had to die for us. Because out of his love, he died. If you read John 3, 16, continue reading on. We get stuck at that one verse. Everybody loves the quote, but you need to read on down through there because it says some other things. For God so loved the world, great, that he gave his only son. That's a marvelous 
that whosoever believes in him should not. There's no reason to perish because now he has given his son for us. He loved us that he gave. God loved us that he gave his son to die for us. And we should not perish, but here it is, have eternal life. Not just live forever, but have life of a different kind. Eternal life takes into the fact, yes, you'll live forever, but eternal life also takes into the fact that you'll live another life, a life of another kind. Not worldly, but heavenly. Yeah, everybody wants to live forever. But how many of us want to live a life of another kind? A different life. Or is is the other reason why you believe is because you don't want to die and you want to live forever? That's how a lot of people approach this their faith, they just want to live forever. I believe. Well, why do you believe? Because I'm going to live forever. Well, that's only part of the story. Eternal life takes in not just living forever, but other things. Then he talks about, if you follow along down through there, he, he tells whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not what? Believed in the name of the only Son of God. If you don't believe, you're condemned. How many believe? Don't raise your hands. Okay, you did. If you believe, you're not under condemnation. You're saved. Saved from what? Saved from the power. Saved from the presence. Saved from the penalty of sin. Our whole Sunday school lesson, for those of you who are coming, is dealing with the victory we have over sin. And what I don't buy is what many of us try to sell. Well, I'm just human. I'm just weak. The devil made me do it. Pastor, you know, it's just, we as human beings, no. No, no, no. I get that we will sin, but we've been given victory over that. Greater is he that is what? In you. Hope he's in you. Who's he? The Holy Spirit resides with us. He gives us the ability that when we want to sin, he says, no, you don't. Now, which voice are you going to listen to? You listen to the voice of God or the voice of the Holy Spirit, or you listen to yourself. I asked the young people at the Christian school many years ago, by the way, is sin fun? And they all kind of looked at me like they were afraid to say yes. So I answered it for them. Yes, it is. Anybody tells you sin is not sin is pleasurable for what? A season. Oh, Pastor, I don't know. No. Okay. There's some things that you and I do that we just like doing. And we could honestly say to ourselves, I know this really isn't right, but it just makes me feel good. We're trying to walk three miles, exercise, but guess what? That's only one component of the story. So that when my wonderful daughter-in-law sends brownies to the house, Do I need the brownies? Well, my body says, yes, you do. You need, you need some sugar, Ben. Look at that thick brownie with the icing on and a glass of cold milk. Don't you just think you just need that right now? Well, yes, I do. <laughs> and sad but true, the weakness of the flesh is go get a glass. Look at that ice water, milk. Now the decision, do I have 
a little piece or do I do a bigger piece? I said that to say this. That's how sin is. It could be pleasurable, but you're supposed to not supposed to resist. Draw nigh to God, resist the devil. And he's a master of Oh. It was funny the other day. How many, how can I say this? I am 59. So if you're in your 40-ish, some of your mid-40s, you may remember this. We were watching something the other day, and I was thinking, same thing, about, we said the same thing at the same time. This little character, there was a cartoon years ago, little heart-shaped character, had a hair split down the middle over there. You know, I think it was part of the, anybody remember My, Mighty Mouse, <laughs> the Bugs Bunny? You remember Mighty Mouse and all that? That's the era I came up in. And as soon as I saw that on TV, it wasn't the character, it was something that came up. That my mind immediately went to that situation. Without saying a word, my wife said the same thing. Many times, our reference point is something that has happened to us in the past. Now, if Jesus has given you a victory over sin in the past, guess what? He'll give you victory today. You don't have to. I don't have to get the brownie. I don't have to do all that. I could just say no. But the problem is I can say no today, but tomorrow is coming. And it's sitting right there staring at me. That's what sin does. It constantly is right before us. Draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to us. Resist the devil. And guess what? He'll flee. He says here, when I am lifted up, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. And that I do nothing of my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And He who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. And as he was saying these things, many believed. Back in the Old Testament, remember they raised up the serpent? And as long as the people saw the serpent raised up, they would be spared. The devil made a big mistake two ways. When they took Jesus and put him on the cross and lifted him up, if I be lifted up, Sister Tammy, I will draw all people to myself. The whosoever will. That was his first mistake. But when he lifted him up, he became the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And from that time, people have been coming. Now, the second part of it is, not only when they lifted it up physically, but when he got up out of the grave. He was lifted up. They killed him. They nailed, they nailed him. They killed him. They put him in a borrowed tomb. And for all intended purposes, they said, he is dead. And he was. He wasn't in a sleep. He wasn't in a stupor. He wasn't feigning death. He was literally dead. Brother Michael, no life. Zero. Nada. third day, the dawning of that third day, Jesus literally got up out of the grave. 
he arose again. Why did he do that? For everybody that's here. Amen? He got up. The Bible says with all power, all authority of heaven and earth in his hand. He has a right to speak with authority because he has authority. If you're an ambassador for the United States of America, you have the right to speak because the President of the United States says, while you are in this country, here's the letter, here's the thing, here's, here's what gives you the authority to speak. You speak in behalf of me and I speak in behalf of the, the United States of America. Whatever you say has to go along with what I have given you. You don't go over there. You don't go to this country and speak for yourself. You speak in behalf of the people of the United States of America. We speak in behalf of the King of kings and Lord of lords, who is Jesus Christ himself. And he said, when I am lifted up, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know. Question for us today. Do you know? Jesus, do you have the right focus? Are you believing the right things? And are you understanding that he is the center of everything that we ought to be doing? No matter what it is. I don't care how minute you think it is. Jesus is to be the center. Good thing is, and we're going to learn something about this next week. As he was saying these things, many believed. As he's speaking, many believed. But here's the catch. Next week, he says some, some things to those who supposedly believe. There are those of us who believe and internalize it, and then there are those who believe and it's all external. Amen? Say, so how do you know that? Read 31 through 38 and see what Jesus talked about. Yes, we end this one. Many believe. Right, Pastor. They are. Ooh, slow, slow down. Jesus addresses some of the believers, some of the, the many, he addresses some of the many who believe by telling them some things. And what he says isn't really nice. Amen? Focus, belief, living. Believe on, believe on Christ. Believe he is who he says. That's the key. Because he says, if you believe in my word, and my word abides in you, you got it. But on the other hand, if you don't, then you don't have it. I hope you and I have the belief that everything is centered on Christ. I'm a better person because Jesus is in my life. Since Jesus has come into my life, I'm a better person. I hope you're a better person since Jesus came into your life. Amen? Father, thank you for your word. Bless us. Keep us. We thank you. We don't want to be like the people of old who are self-righteous, who are unbelieving, who, who are worldly. We don't want to be on that level. We want to be on the level that we understand who you are. And we love you for loving us, even when we were unlovable and are unlovable. We confess we are sometimes a, a mess but, oh, we thank you that you want to cleanse us and fix us and put us on the right path. Help us to be available to you so that in the end we can go out of here living a life that's well-pleasing to you. 
and attractive to those that we come into contact with. We want people to know that we are sons and daughters of the King. And because of that, you want to draw and attract others to you. Bless every man, woman, boy, and girl that's here. As we go forth this week, we thank you for that power. In Jesus' name, amen.